name is Richard Smith. I'm the head of EMEA for Miyagi. So yeah, Miyagi is a platform that helps sales associates master the customer experience. So it's used in retail stores. And I'll talk a little bit about Miyagi later on. But you know, in terms of what we're here to talk about today, absolutely about the, the customer experience in store and really why giving customers a captivating experience when they're coming to store is more important than it's ever been before. In fact, it's now a central part of their journey. A couple of key aims that hopefully you guys will get from today. First one is we're going to look at what's changed um, within the retail industry and, and specifically the way customers shop. We're going to also then look at some examples from other industries. I think perhaps the outdoor industry is far too guilty of perhaps only looking within and not looking outside. Um, so we're going to look at some of the ways that other retailers and brands are addressing this problem. We're going to look at some practical steps that you as brands and retailers can take to define your own customer experience. And it is something that has to be thought through and planned. We're then going to look at how you can sort of uh, take some inspiration and apply some ideas to your own businesses. And then finally, we'll talk just very briefly at the end a bit more about Miyagi and, and, and what we do as a business. So, what's changed? Well. Retail's changed pretty dramatically over the last uh, sort of number of years. If we look back at you know in the 1970s when sort of consumerism was really sort of kicking off, it was very much a high customer service environment. You went into the store, you were immediately greeted, and somebody physically served you. Quite often, the products were actually behind the counter, so it was very much a service environment. And then as we moved through into the 90s, we all wanted cheap commercial goods. Um, and as a result of that, the strategy by many was absolutely discount to win. So it became price, 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 and, and service naturally suffered. As we move into the 2000s, e-commerce came around, uh, and really that turned retail on its head. Probably the most significant thing that's happened in retail in the last 50 years. We all know that that's had a massive impact on bricks and mortar retail. And we're going to look a little bit at, at how those things have changed more specifically. And then where are we today? Well. You may have heard this term being used in the industry, but we're very much in the age of experiential retail. And we're going to talk a little bit about you know, what is experiential retail and, and how can you as brands and retailers start to, to, to use this idea within your own businesses. But what I really want to impress upon you is that it is here. This is an expectation from your customers and it's not something that's going to go away quickly. So it's absolutely an opportunity to, to embrace it and, and get on board. If we look specifically at online, because I think it warrants its own slide, shopping online has changed customers' expectations. And it's also changed the way that we shop offline. And I think that it's worth just spending a minute or so looking specifically at what online has actually changed, because it's taken a number of years for these changes to, to start to show themselves. But what digital e-com businesses are incredibly good at doing is removing friction from the shopping experience. One of the reasons they're able to do that is that they have a really nice feedback loop in being able to measure the customer's journey and knowing what works and what doesn't. So they can continually evolve the customer's journey, optimizing it to maximize sales. And if we think about some of the things that online has done, well, if we look at what retailers like Amazon are doing, they're now actually creating a personal shopping experience for you. Amazon knows who you are, knows what you've bought previously. It can suggest things that you might be interested in buying. This is a level of personalization that we've probably not seen 
since the 1970s where you knew when you walked into the store who Mr. Jones was and what products Mr. Jones might like. And so it's really raised that as an expectation. As customers now, we expect a personalized service. We want to, to be known and, and have a relationship with the people that we buy from. Easy search and navigation. I think this is something that has made online shopping so convenient. You know, just by searching for something, easily browsing through categories, it's very, very easy to navigate to find the things that you want. Compare that perhaps to an in-store experience. You know, you walk in, you're absolutely overwhelmed with things trying to grab for your attention. It's very difficult to, to navigate to the right area and find what it is that you're looking for. Hassle-free. You know, if we look at both the delivery of the item, how quick it is, the cash out process, everything online is optimized for speed and convenience. What that's done is meant that customers expect that kind of experience now when they come into store as well. So even simple examples, like I've seen this so many times in the cycle industry, you know, a really heavy door and you're trying to wheel your bike in to come and bring it to get service and you're struggling to open the door. You know, that's a bit like when you're online and the website won't load. We just won't accept that as consumers anymore and it should be no different you know, in the store environment as well. And then access to information, reviews, social opinion. Online has given us instant access to information, allowing us to very, very quickly find out not only what a product is all about or what product might solve our problem, but also instantly get opinion from those that we place confidence in to know whether this is the right product for us. And again, customers expect this when they come into store. And then finally, price is just a given. It's not even something that particularly people think about as much as they used to. It's just a given that that price needs to be at the most competitive price it can be. And obviously online has given customers instant transparency to the best price. So what has this actually meant for, for the in-store experience? Well, there's a couple of things that I think have significantly changed. We've taken away the reason to come into stores that used to exist. So it's no longer about accessing product. We can access every product we want online. It's no longer about convenience. It's no longer about price. So why are people still coming into store? And when we dig down and we talk to consumers about what it is they want from an in-store experience, we learn that actually, although there are things that were already there, they've always been there, there's just far more emphasis placed on their important within their shopper journey now. So some of the things there, ideas validation, you know, especially in an industry like outdoor, this is about how people spend their discretionary spend, the things that they love, their hobbies, etc. And so before they spend that £200 on a jacket that they could just buy offline, they want to come in and physically talk to somebody to validate whether they're making the right decision. The emotional connection we think about what online's done, it's stripped a lot of the face-to-face -face contact that we have with people every day. And we can use the music industry as a great example. When um, streaming music came around, everybody thought that the music industry was going to die. But actually, sales for live tickets have absolutely gone through the roof. And the reason is, is that people are more willing to invest in high experiential experiences that give them an ability to connect emotionally. And that's something that absolutely customers want when they come into store. They're looking to interact with people, talk passionately about hobbies of theirs um, with like-minded people. 
and that whole experiential, we're actually now seeing that retail is as much a, a leisure activity as it is a necessity. The necessity side of retail, let's be honest, will, will be won by Amazon. You know, it's pretty much already happened and it will continue. So when we come to that sort of more specialized retail, customers are coming into store for an experience. And that's what we're going to talk a bit more about now. They want that experience to be um, as enjoyable as going out for a meal. They want it to, to be more than just a transaction. They want to connect emotionally. They want to validate their ideas. And they want to spend time enjoying their, their hobby. So why is this a golden opportunity physical retail well these changes many retailers have seen these things in the advent of the internet there's quite negative impacts on their business and there's good reason for that customer numbers are down across the board in retail um, and it's becoming harder and harder for retailers to make the money that they used to now the opportunity here for retailers is to actually redefine the role that the physical store plays for the customer this is no longer about online and offline, customers don't see the way they shop as different because their shopping journey may well start online, then go into store and then finish online again. And what retailers have to understand is what is the role of that in-store experience playing within that journey and within the relationship that they have. And actually you can build much better relationships with customers when they're coming into store than you can just online. And retailers need to create the right experience for customers when they come into store to buy that loyalty and to keep people coming back and back. So it's really much more about the actual relationship that you build and the experience that you create than the transaction itself. Now, obviously, that's what we're all in business for. But if you can get the first part right, the transactions will follow. The other thing is, is that because customer numbers are down, well, actually, we've got more time to spend with customers now. But equally, we've got to extract more pounds from each customer that comes in the store and therefore we need to think about how we increase the basket size of the, the goods that they're buying from us how we upsell them to higher priced items and how we give them a reason to come back in store into the future and trust me if it's a great experience they will keep coming back and back so i really want to i suppose the point here is this should be seen as an opportunity and not as an existential threat if you do nothing about it, it will probably destroy your business. But if you act, then it can have a dramatic effect. So let's look at a couple of, uh, of really good examples outside of our industry that are having a massive impact on, again, customer expectations. Probably the best example, I would say, of, of an in-store experience is Apple. And if anybody in the audience has ever shopped in an Apple store, you'll understand what I mean. The store now to Apple is actually viewed as their biggest and most important product and they now consider their products as features of that store. And that's a really interesting shift in mindset is that what they're actually selling you is an experience first and foremost and the features are that you then buy products from them. And their mind shift towards that just shows how important experiential retail is to them. And I'm sure if any of you have been in recently, the way the shop is laid out, the, the number of staff per customers is just phenomenal. And there's a reason why Apple are the most profitable retailer per square foot. And there's also a, a reason why a wholesaler turned into a retailer because they didn't feel that there was actually a good enough partner out there that was creating this type of experience for their customer. 
And so they wanted to control that experience end-to-end. Now, as brands, we can't all open up lots of vertical stores, but absolutely there is evidence there that as a brand, you need to get far more involved with the customer's experience and controlling that experience than we've ever done before. So just one example there, another really good one, perhaps a bit closer to home um, in terms of industry is Nike. And these are some images of their Soho store in Manhattan. And I've pulled out this example because we've both got the, the really example on the top. So when customers try on the product, they're immediately immersed as closely to the physical way they're going to use that product. So they're actually running with a group of people using the, the, the in-store screens as well as obviously the treadmill. So they're trying before they buy. They're experiencing the product as closely to how they're actually going to use it when it's purchased. And the same with the basketball one below. Staff were invited to, you know, to actually go onto a small court um, and spend time, you know, testing out that new basketball or those shoes. And there's the same in the football one as well. Now, why do they do this? Again, it's become an experience. It's a way of getting closer to the customer and giving them. Yes, they buy a pair of trainers at the end of that process, but they're that much closer to the brand at the end of this. And whilst I completely accept that very few of us have the budgets of Apple and, and Nike, the reason for giving you these examples is not to say that you need to do this in your store or that your brand needs to do it. It's to give you some evidence and also some inspiration that we need to think far more laterally about the experience that customers have in store above and beyond you know, coming in to buy a product. So... Let's get a bit more practical and we'll talk to retail first and then we'll talk to, to brands afterwards. So how do we define the customer experience in your store? This is something that you have to physically sit down and spend time working on. It's not something that can happen accidentally. And the first thing is understand the current experience. And I've put here, be honest, because I speak to retailers day in, day out that profess to providing the best level of service that you could ever imagine, but yet when I come into store and witness actually what happens on a day-to-day -day basis, couldn't be further from the truth. So I think we've all got to stop kidding ourselves and pretending that we're already doing everything that we can and actually start to think about well, what can we actually do more to enhance this experience. A really important part is seeking feedback from customers. Don't assume you know what's best for them ask them and get as much feedback as you can from what they actually want when they come into store. If, if you're the owner or the manager of that store, that means standing by the cash register or the door and having five minute chat with them as they walk out and asking them about their experience, what they did get, what they didn't get. And again, look at other industries and what they're doing to get ideas of what's happening. Don't be fooled to think that a, a customer in outdoor is any different to a customer going into Apple. It's the same person that's doing that and therefore the expectation is the same and unfortunately Apple and Nike have raised the bar so high many of us will be playing catch-up. Designing your experience, I've put here design your seven star experience for each category and to, to elaborate on that you've got to think about what is the best possible experience that you could provide for customers and I dare you to dream a little bit you know be unrealistic and then strip that back to what's actually possible. And when you do dream, when you do think a bit bigger about what an amazing experience you could give customers, actually you start to realize that a lot of it is actually within the realms of possibility. 
if you just start to put some action in place to do it. But you really do have to design this. It's not something else to say that will happen accidentally. And I would do it by category. I wouldn't just think about the shopper's journey in your store. I'd look at, you know, what are the key five or six categories that customers come into your store for and think about how you can create an experience around that. So if that's coming in to buy footwear, what can you do to design an experience around footwear that really immerses the customer in a process, makes them feel like they're investing time and that you're giving them an amazing service? If that's jackets, again, you know, how can you turn that into an experience? Engage your suppliers in the process. Again, this is to retailers. Don't think you have to do this on your own. Talk to your suppliers about their category and about what they can do to help you create that experience. Take best practice from them. Find out what other customers of theirs are doing. You know, work with them as a partnership. And then one that's very close to my own heart, um, for obvious reasons if you know what Miyagi do, but transform your order takers into experience makers. You know, the guys on the shop floor and the girls that are talking to customers day in, day out, are the best advocates of creating the perfect experience for customers. And it's your job as employers to give them the tools that they need to create exceptional experiences for customers. When you're designing that experience, think about all of the touch points that you have with a customer and how that sales associate can raise the bar in terms of the, the, the experience they're giving. Track and measure what works. This is really important. There's not enough measurability within the retail industry. And if we're not measuring, we can't work out what's working and what isn't. And I think for far too long, we've relied on things that were perhaps present 20 years ago that have just become fact. And actually, they're just not true anymore. So if you can't measure it, find a way to measure it. Um, and when you can measure it, make sure you're optimizing for success. So this means that you need to be tracking what the average spend per customer is. And then you need to put plans in place on how you can increase that spend. You look at the average value of transactions and how you can increase those over time as well. And then finally, constant change is the new normal. If we look at technology as an example, the industry that I work in, constant change in the rate that it's happening now is so rapid that there is no norm because the norm has become change. And you just need to accept that that's the case because if you're standing still, unfortunately, you will be left behind. So just embrace the fact that um, things are changing and actually it creates opportunity for it. I know we've got a couple of brands in the room. How often do you guys mystery shop your customers and actually go in as a customer and experience what the service is like? Because it is absolutely the best way that you can understand what is the here and now. What is a customer getting? I had a, an example from a brand the other day who said that they went into one of their retailers in Germany and the sales associate said, uh, I'm not really convinced about that brand, so I, I'm not going to recommend it to you. Now, is there anything more damaging to your sales than somebody that's proactively advocating against you? But if we just pretend that everything's great and working really well and not do anything about it, we're losing out on a huge amount of value. So absolutely get into store as often as you can. You know, mystery shop your products, other people's products, and get a feel for what actually happens and then compare what your expectations were. Because I think far too often as brands, we shut off the part of our brain that is the consumer and don't think about that when we're designing the things that we, we work with our, with our retailers. Think about the actual problem that the customer comes into store to solve as opposed to them coming in to buy your, 
product. And I'll give you a great example of this. A big electronics retailer in the US that we're talking to at the moment said that what they've worked out is that when people come in and buy an alarm for their home, they're not coming in to buy an alarm. They're coming in to buy security and a sense of confidence, protection for their family. And if you can start to think about what role your product plays, footwear is as much about being able to, to go out and enjoy the environment that you're in whilst being able to really immerse yourself and not thinking about the blisters or the wet feet that you've got. So when a customer comes into store, that's what they're thinking about. That's how they want to feel. And so you can start to design your experience about getting them closer to that feeling. Design the, the experience, have a think about what those steps are, what the touch points are when, uh, when, when customers come into store and experience your brand. Invest in training sales associates. These guys are talking about your brand day in, day out to customers. And if you're not having some influence over what they say, then you're wasting all of that money that you've spent on consumer marketing because it's not being joined up when they actually come into the store. So there's a massive opportunity to turn these guys into advocates for your brand as opposed to letting them, you know, just say whatever they think or feel. Because if a sales associate doesn't know and understand your product, they will recommend somebody else's because we're all creatures of comfort. The reverse is true. Work really closely with your retailers. Talk to them about the sort of experience that you want to create with your brand and help them and invest in that relationship for them to provide that experience. Look at stores within your retailers that do really well and go and find out why. Talk to them about what works, what doesn't work, how they sell your product, and try and capture the secret ingredients and the reasons why that store works so well. Because if you can scale that across and share that best practice, it's only going to do positive things to sell. And then finally, get closer to the actual customer from a brand perspective for too long we've kind of considered that once it's sold into the retailer, it's the retailer's job to sell it through. And actually, it's not. You want to get much closer to the customer. You want to create an emotional connection with them as a consumer of your brand. And you've got the most to gain by doing this because you want to win the mind share of the customer and the, the store staff. So there's a lot of things that we can do here, but it really does take a, a proactive approach. Let's have a... a quick look at some examples that I've seen within Outdoor that I think others could perhaps look to do. And I want to just be quite clear that these are designed to inspire you, not necessarily things that you can just go back and implement. But it will hopefully inspire you to think about the sort of experiences that I'm talking about that get customers excited about coming into store. So this was something I saw from Vibram recently at um, the trade show, which was an ice walk which was testing out one of their new products, which was the non-slip ice grip that they do now, which many um, suppliers work with. The key thing here is that this is giving the customer an opportunity to try the product out in the sort of environment that they're probably going to be using it. For many retailers, they're not going to be trekking Antarctic, but this is a fun experience, which is as much a, a leisure experience as it is a, a retail shopping experience. But it's, it's, it attacks all the senses it captivates the customer and it adds an element of drama and theatre into their shopping experience. And I think actually retail could learn an awful lot from performing arts and from hospitality in the way that we create experiences for customers because actually it really does allow you to immerse the customer in, in your brand and, and the problem that you're solving. This one will take a little bit more explaining, but when you go into store, and I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, but 
try on a product and you look in the mirror and what is it that you see behind you? A very, very busy, messy store. Now, what a customer wants to envisage is how are they going to look and feel in the environment they're going to be using this product. So why not create a simple backdrop behind the mirror that allows the customer to feel closer to the environment that they're going to be using the product, imagining themselves using the product. Now, this is one of those really simple, cheap ideas. You know, you could get easily an image screen printed behind where the mirror is in the store that just gives that customer a sense of experience when they're trying on the product. Simple things that we can all apply to our own store. And again, as a brand, you know, if I was Tilly in this case, I would be thinking about what's the environment that people try on our hats in store? Is that an environment that makes you want to buy our product? And if it's not, what can we do to change it? This is a, a nod to the, the things that we can learn from online. Really clear category signage in store is a great way to help customers shop. They can instantly see which part of the store they need to navigate to. Products are laid out in a really clear and concise way. And it's very different to this type of environment where there's just so much product crammed in, you really can't see between what's where. To have a think about how your store is laid out and what you can do to perhaps make that customer's journey as they walk through the store as simple as navigating a website. Why not offer appointments to customers when they're coming in to buy something significant? This is something that we've seen in the cycle trade more recently. It's definitely something that the ski industry have been doing for a long time. But I think it's something that outdoor stores, sports shops should be introducing. What it does is it, it creates a much more theatrical experience for the customer. It allows you to make sure that you can actually dedicate that time to that customer. And actually, in every instance where a retailer has introduced this, the average spend of that customer goes up by over 50%. So this is, you know, if someone's going to invest the time and book to come in and speak with one of your advisors, they're going to spend money with you. So actually, it's a great way to, to, to kind of maximize the value that you're getting from customers. It means that you can take them on the full experience of, of that particular problem that they're trying to solve. Just a few examples to kind of give you some inspiration. But don't forget your store staff. And I'm going to sort of just come back to this for a second as we conclude. The sales associate is the person who represents your business and talks directly to customers. For far too long, I believe, as, as a retail industry, we've kind of thrown these kids on the, the shop floor and left them to their own devices to figure it out. And we've relied on the fact that for all the reasons people used to shop, the customers will come in and shop regardless of the experience. It's just not going to work anymore. And actually, if they can't get the experience from that sales associate that they expect, they will just go online or go somewhere else. We need to look at who we're hiring, how we're training them, and the sort of experience that they're giving. And I would encourage you to get people to mystery shop your own store or your own brand to actually think about what's happening already. Because they really are your, your secret weapon in, in defending the, the physical store and protecting that shopping experience and you know what there's some really really good reasons to do this because there's so much evidence out there now to suggest that sales associates who can create an emotionally engaged shopper experience will sell up to 44 percent more than others so there's absolutely solid business reasons to invest in training and develop your staff and really help them master that customer experience a quick point on this specifically within outdoor and other specialties like cycle. Historically, we've, we've hired people that are enthusiasts within the trade, 
people that are perhaps climbers or walkers and etc. Not criticizing doing that at all. It's great to have people with passion. But what I would say is that that doesn't mean that you can therefore just assume that they're going to be a great sales associate. And actually, if we're not training those people on customer service, then how are they ever going to deliver a great experience? I've spoken to so many retailers that tell me that their best salespeople are people that have come outside of the trade. I had a bike chain of bike shops the other day that told me their best salesperson used to sell cars. Or somebody the other day that said that they, they'd had somebody that came from one of the, the high street chains. Because actually the product knowledge is something that you can teach the sales associate. But if they don't have the interpersonal skills to actually interact with staff and build rapport and a relationship with them, then it's very, very difficult to get them up to that point. You know, I've, I've had this so many times before when you walk into a store and you're interested in a particular product, and that sales associate says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a mountain biker, I can't help you with road bikes. It really isn't good enough. They're there first and foremost to, to serve the customer. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't talk very quickly just about Miyagi and what we do as a business. Miyagi is, is something that's been um, working with the outdoor and sports industry for a few years now. Really what Miyagi is, is it helps empower the sales associate to master that customer experience. And we do that through lightweight, easy to consume content which is delivered directly to the sales associate's device. If you believe that the sales associate is somebody worth investing in, that's gonna create that experience, we need to find cost-effective and modern ways of training sales associates, and that's exactly what Miyagi does. So for any retailers in the room, Miyagi is something that you can use to connect with all of your suppliers, to help the suppliers give information to the sales associates and for them to learn all about the different products that they sell, but it's also something that you can use to help train sales associates on customer service, best practices, and help upskill them within the store. So if anybody's interested in Miyagi and, and what we do, we believe that adding a really targeted approach, using online and on-demand training, adding measurability into what we do, and also using something that's scalable is an absolutely necessity um, in this day and age and it's also the way in which millennials like to learn so I'd absolutely encourage you to check out what we do uh, and if anybody wants to, to find out more about that you know, by all means come and speak to me afterwards just to kind of give you some examples of sort of who we work with already these are the, a lot of not all of the brands that we already work with as well as a number of retailers that are obviously consuming the, the content so this is something that brands really get and understand now and are absolutely embracing in their businesses just a final thank you from me and um, sort of open it up to any questions that you guys might have. A quick thank you to the Outdoor Trade Show for letting us speak today, to the OIA for all of their support with our business.